0: fight we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill
1: no we don't Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode 85. And I'm very excited about my guest. He is one of the hardest working entertainers I've ever met in my life. But before we get into it, I want to remind you if you're watching this on YouTube and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and other places like that. If you're listening to me on one of those platforms, though, and you didn't realize there was a visual side to this thing, please come over to YouTube and check it out there. If you do do that, I would really appreciate it if you... I just said ah, I I do do. <laughs> I would uh, appreciate it if you would subscribe. You don't have to, obviously, but it does help me to keep growing this channel. And I love connecting with new people. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe with a cool guest idea or some general feedback about the show, you can do that on social media. Or you can send me an email at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. When you're doing that, let me know if you have interest in one of these hollow stickers with the show's logo, and I will send you one free of charge. Back to the guest. As I mentioned, hard, hardworking man musician, comedian, TikToker, Ted talker. <laughs> I'm talking about Rory Gardner. Thank you so much for coming, man. Thanks for having me. Finally. Yeah, finally. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. I, I know we've done some shows together. I've always enjoyed your company, but it's, I'm eager to learn more about you behind the scenes, Rory. We, uh,
0: we've been trying to figure this out for a couple of years but, and we live like a mile from each other. It's so true. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do your kids go to the same school as mine? Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well it's like down the street from your house. Yeah. I went to that school t- 30 years ago. Mm. Yeah oh no
1: shit Mm -hmm. so you grew up Ottawa boy born and raised same here yeah yeah and actually nepean specifically okay
0: specifically this area yeah
1: so oh we should also say jason is sitting in for my dad uh people who have seen the last few episodes know that my dad is currently out in toronto um dealing with my grandfather's estate which has been you know this long process they're trying to sell his house after he passed away so thank you jason for sitting in and i'm glad you and rory already know each other a little bit what's up (laughs)
0: <laughs> we go way back into the music scene we've never really hung out or played together but you know you, you walk past a bar it's like you wave and that's about <laughs> it right that's you guys it, are familiar
1: yeah. yeah jason lamb i should say you go by lamb as the last name you have a hyphenated one sometimes lean lean, lean. yeah what am what i, I why am i saying lamb how did i not know that uh, it was lamb shang lean it's a three. okay part, okay three i mashed them together name. my bad sorry yeah, dude that's all good no worries um so i want to talk to you though about your roots i, I gather that you were a musician before a comedian Yes. And country musician is kind of where you started out, right? So mm-hmm. were you actually... I was thinking maybe you grew up in the country, but now I'm learning you were Indian.
0: It so, was just... Yeah, exactly. It was just one of those... It, it, we were the same age, right? And so like back in our day when we were trying to be like in a band or whatever, it was just everyone wanted to sound like Creed or... Or, <laughs> or, or live or something. Or biscuit or whatever was cool at the time. Right? Yeah. And then, I don't know, I just... I started listening to garth brooks and i just got oh just addicted to this i wanted to be like the the fast metabolism got garth brooks you know just like <laughs> he's uh i just yeah i got hooked so I, I went i was country before country was cool okay and um i never looked back
1: because country's kind of a broad genre like even i i appreciate some country for sure i wouldn't call myself a country music fan there are a lot of broads in country but they don't like to be called <laughs> that so <laughs> No, but I mean, you've got like your Johnny Cashes, and then you've got stuff like CCR, which is kind of like Southern Rock and Skinner and stuff like that. That stuff I can jive with. But Garth Brooks and like Stadium Arena <laughs> Country has <is> never <laughs> been something. I like Dolly Parton. I like like some of that stuff, but.
0: I did for about 20 years. And then just like now it's just it's way too right. It's, it's too like too pop, too too crazy. I can't even compete with it. That's why I don't do country anymore.
1: Well, and it's mashing with other genres, too. Like Little Nas X did the rap country thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to keep bringing new genres in to mix with country. Probably. Got to keep it fresh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you are always touring. We were kind of talking about this before we started. You're always on the road traveling the world. It seems like pretty awesome life. And I wanted to know if there was a specific place that you really, really love to perform in. And also if there's any place that
0: you're dying to go. The thing about that is that you can't, if you, depending on the level you want to B or the income you want to receive, you can't really do that locally, mm. right? People get sick of you. People get sick of me really quick, so I have to go to new markets in order to introduce them to my uh, my craziness. Your brand, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. So I mean, it's not one particular place I like to go over another as long as as long as the crowd is is into what I'm doing. Right. Good example. I was in Edmonton last weekend. They loved it. Western Canada loves Rory's comedy. You know who doesn't? <laughs> Europe. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, you just got back from Europe. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool place to be. And I loved I, I, all the, all the sites and everything and the environment's cool. Uh, but they don't, they don't dig what, uh, what were what Rory's Diction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Well, cause that's a big thing, right? A lot of people do tours where they go to a few cities in Canada, but going to
0: Europe, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it's just, I think some of the references are off and, and I have a weird Canadian accent. I don't know. <laughs> I get what you're saying about going to new markets,
1: though, because I do find the same thing. If you're performing the same material and even just other comics that, you know, seeing you perform again, you're like, oh, do they think I'm getting stale here? And there's nothing more exciting than knowing that it's a room full of people that have never heard your stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, that's an invigorating
0: experience. You, You were in Alaska, too, recently, right? So it was like a bucket list thing. I've always wanted to go to Alaska. And I figure any place I want to go, I'm trying to get paid to go there. All right. It happened when I was in country music. I went to Australia, did this awesome tour and was like, you know, paid for which is, which is good. So I'm like, how do I do that with Alaska? So, uh, I'm like, agent send me to Alaska. They sent me there four times in two months. So now (laughs) I I hate Alaska. Alaska. (laughs) I don't want to go back to Alaska anymore. Well, why did you want to go there so bad in the first place? It's this bucket list thing. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what's up there. I went to discover And uh, there's not a whole hell of a lot. I went on a brothel tour. That was kind of cool. They have brothels up there. Okay. I went on a hike or two, but um, yeah, once you see it once, you're good for a little while. You don't have to go back every two weeks for the entire summer.
1: Well, I was going to say, I don't have a huge urge to go there myself just because like Ottawa winters are enough for me. I don't need to see colder, more Northern places. That's true.
0: It's like Western Canada, but United States.
1: So when did you transition then from just being a musician to starting to dabble in comedy and then eventually combining the two?
0: I was doing music and I was, uh, I remember I was doing these, uh, I love captive audiences, right? So bars, you know a lot about that, right, Jason? Hostage situations. Right? Those uh, those are cool for a while because it's like, you know, you get dance floors going, it's great. But I, I really loved the, the captive audiences of like theaters and stuff like that. Cause then mm. you can kind of talk to the audience and engage with them in between songs. And I really liked that connection so much so that I'm like, I don't even like singing these songs anymore. I just want to connect and talk to this crowd. So yeah. just get rid of the music altogether and tell some jokes. And, uh, you
1: know, that was 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. Because the music stuff was going well. Like you performed uh, with Keith Urban, I was reading on your website or I shared the stage with, I guess you would say. That
0: was probably the peak. And then it's been a slow decline uh, ever since. So, <laughs>
1: well, hey, at least you still kept trying new things and you're good at comedy too. So merging those two talents, when did that happen? Because it sounds like you started with just doing stand-up. So when did you bring the guitar back into it? Oh, well, was right at
0: the beginning. Because it's like, you know, you're standing there on stage alone. It's very vulnerable. You know that. You've done that. Oh, yeah. But when you have the guitar with you, all of a sudden you're a superhero, right? It's your buddy, this yeah. weapon. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. And so I did that for a couple of years. And we'd always do well. Like People love the guitar, right? You know that. And then people, you know, peers are like, well... Can you do it without the crutch? You're not a real you know comedian. Come on. So I put away the guitar for a couple years. All right, I proved that I can do it. And then um
1: But it wasn't as much fun. (laughs)
0: It's it's more like uh how do I separate myself from everybody else now? So I Mm. every now and then if I'm doing longer sets, if I'm doing like forty-five or an hour, yeah, I'll bring the guitar out and then it just it makes so you know what anyone thinks of of uh guitar comics around this area. It's just like just three or four guys to think of as opposed to yeah 200 comedians.
1: No, it definitely helps you differentiate a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to talk to you about, um, oh, well, first of all, I wanted to mention that speaking of shows we've done together, the Don't Fret show we did, I just, just got a reminder this morning on Facebook that, you know, three years ago. So that was kind of, I thought very serendipitous that we're doing this interview today. And then Facebook decided to remind me of that. I see the poster
0: um, over there. It's nice.
1: Sorry? Cool room, by the way, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm sure you a, get that a lot here, right? A mishmash. Well, some people, I'm sure, if they don't compliment it, then I assume that they think it's like a, a giant man-child cave. Do you
0: it, use this like when they're not podcasting? Do your kids come down here and you're just like, don't touch anything? Basically. Yeah,
1: it's, it's decided to turn into that. I <laughs> mean, we'll play on the arcade. <laughs> I
0: guess it's like part, it's a 30-year house.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's very selfish of me, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I mean, we it's storage, I guess, for all our board games. And we play on the arcade sometimes. But yeah, it is, by and large, kind of just... Dad's podcast studio, don't touch, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, my youngest is only five, so he would definitely screw some stuff up in here if he was left to his own devices. I, can see
0: that. I got a bunch of music equipment in my basement, and the kids just F around with it constantly.
1: <laughs> yeah, the value goes down pretty quick when you yeah. get a couple scuffs on there. Um,
0: I was actually, before
1: I move on from traveling and touring, I wanted to know how does that work in with your life as a parent? Like, do you ever bring them on the road with you, or is it just, you know, a lot of video chats and stuff in those moments?
0: It depends. You know how fickle that can be traveling with children and what have oh, yeah. so it's like and
1: expensive too right you got to pay for extra yeah. airfare and all that yeah
0: exactly so I pick and choose uh, those battles uh, the ones they come on like in the winter i'll generally the home base will be like florida somewhere mm. warm so us as canadians we get the hell out of this cold climate like last year is a good example we were there for i don't know two or three months and we just kind of that was my hub so they were you know, able to hit the pool every day at lunch. We were online learning with the school oh, okay. flying out to different places from there. And it's easier because you have to go through customs and all that. Yeah, this. definitely. You uh, have two kids yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's, uh, and it's, Again, travel. you have to travel in order to get these these gigs, but I've tried to balance it as good as I can. I, want, I don't want to be an absent father. This No, breath. of course, yeah. <laughs> your kids are about the same age as mine. Maybe mine are a little older or no? Uh,
1: my oldest is, he's going to be 14 at the end of December.
0: Oh, so you've already hit this stage. See, mine are like eight and 10, so I'm at the stage where they still love me, and I really <laughs> want to absorb that uh, that phase of the life, whereas your kids maybe already hate you. I don't know. Like, it's
1: getting I, there. No, yeah. no, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't have any epic uh, feuds with my children, even my oldest. But you definitely feel the teenage vibes coming in. Uh, I mean, Jason, you've got some of that too now, right? Your daughter's, what, 14 or something? 15. 15, yeah. Okay. okay, yeah. When they're did good she stop kids, loving though. you, though? No, they they, they they still love me. Oh, really? <laughs> they do,
0: yeah. Surprising.
1: Yeah, they're good kids. Um, but um, you, you must have some of that teenage uh, hormonal bullshit, or she's just a saint uh, all the time? Well, f- you know, there's, there's, there's times when they're, yeah, they can be tough, but yeah. No yeah. I mean, th- part, like yeah. same my, I my kids are good kids too. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to throw them under the bus, but I definitely have noticed the teenage vibes coming in a little bit where it's, it's more like they don't want to talk to you kind of thing, or they they just seem like they've got a lot of, on their plate all the time. Like when you, Hey, how was school? Oh, fine. You know, like mumbles. That's all I can get usually. I see. But
0: that it comes sense. with the territory, I guess. I feel like it kind of creates a better, um, it's it's actually strengthened our relationship. Not that like I think were sort of bad over COVID when we're all isolated together, but it's like the distance, like I miss them like crazy and they miss me while I'm gone, which is just so when I'm back, it's like we're just really uh connected with each other. You
1: appreciate that time together, yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's like the the balance is is it's perfect right That's
1: now. what they always say: absence makes the heart grow fonder, right?
0: Yeah, unless you're absent for too long, yeah, and then it you're makes <laughs> the heart grow resentful.
1: <laughs> makes a shitty parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I get what you're saying, though. It's it's the same mentality of like, you know, if it never rained, you wouldn't appreciate the sunny days, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. you know. Um, okay, well, speaking of kids, I want to mention the fact that you had a kids album,
0: oh, or have you done multiple kids albums? I was trying to figure this out. I've done like three kids albums and it goes back to what you were saying before. It's like just country music was taking a weird turn. I didn't know how to navigate it. No, you know, labels weren't like knocking down my door to be like, Hey, come join us over here. So I was just like, what do I do? I was a pretty decent songwriter. So how do I leverage this skill into something else where, uh you know big fish small pond or whatever that is so i'm like let's try kids music my kids were at the age where it's like we're watching sesame street and we're watching all these wiggles like, like and i wanted like to kill myself listening to this stuff so <laughs> i'm like i could do this i could i could write like, songs that kids would appreciate that adults could also listen to yeah and i did uh and uh that phase is over now what was it called again when i grow up is that's that, that's one. when up. i grow,
1: yeah that's the one that i i was looking into um and actually i wrote down some of your lyrics for one of the songs because I just thought it was really sweet. I thought it was like a good message for
0: kids. Uh, I have it on my phone here. Every song I wrote, I tried to like deliver a message. Like I don't want to write songs about bubble gum and just bullshit or whatever. It's just like just create some sort of positive uh, reinforcement.
1: Well, you wrote, yeah, it seems like we're always trying to fit in. Why does it always got to be sink or swim? Stand up tall, walk with pride, be yourself and enjoy the ride. Yeah. like That's a beautiful little life mantra, you know, self-esteem building. Yeah. So, do you feel inspired? I do. I did. I wrote exactly. it down specifically because like it, it hit inspired. me. I teared up a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beauty. Um, so, what would the inspiration was Just like you had kids and you weren't sure what to do musically at the time. So, you just gave it a whirl or?
0: It was both. It was for us. It was that it's just you're basically creativity is fickle, right? So, you're, you're, I can't create out of thin air. It has to be in the environment. And at that time, my kids were zero and two or something. So, I was just like. All I could write is kids songs. I couldn't write anything else. Yeah,
1: it makes sense, right? Well, people should go check it out if they have kids. I will say that much. As well as your other album, which you brought right here. I'll show it to people. Oh man, modern day problems.
0: So that's like the that's the comedy music album. I wanted to record like a legit stand-up album. It was, it was 2021, but where we COVID was weird, the audiences were like screwed up because everyone was in masks and there's plexiglass all over the place. I'm like, forget it. Let's just take. So I isolated it in a recording studio and I'm like, let's write some funny songs.
1: Oh, there's some great songs on here. I mean, I've seen you perform many times. I'm trying to figure out which ones I know on here. Oh the yoga my. is not a workout.
0: So this stuff I did live was like, yoga is not a workout.
1: Brand, Brand new, new vegan. vegan. Yeah. These are hilarious.
0: And so like, I wanted to create a whole album. So I, it forced me to write other stuff. And so we wrote other things. Uh, uh, what else we got? We got like uh Modern day problems, or my wiener won't work like it used to. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you write what you're uh, what you're inspired by. Like back in the day, I was writing about the kids. Now that I'm 40, it's you write it's impotency. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm I'm 37 in December. I'm not quite there. Oh, well, you're
0: still in the prime. Okay, yeah, you'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm see.
1: born '85. This episode '85. I guess that's uh, some correlation there.
0: Dude, I used to be young and virile like you. I mean, I used to be lightning and thunder between the sheets. <laughs> Lately, my weather forecast has changed to a chance of drizzle.
1: <laughs> That's gold, cool, man. Uh, no, I definitely want to listen to the rest of this. Cause I've heard a lot of these songs already. And I, I actually was in one of your videos after a, a show that we did in December and I was vastly unprepared because I, I remember you asking some guys if we wanted to be in the video, but I had no idea that we were supposed to like learn the song. And now looking back, that sounds really stupid.
0: I'm like, bring your guitar. What do you think I was going to make you do with it?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what the video was going to entail. I didn't know if, if you were just going to have us yeah, I, I probably should have realized that I needed to know the chords, but
0: it's three chords. Th- yeah, I figured it I out figured relatively it
1: out. fast. And uh, and also it was a show and I wasn't driving, so I'd had a few beers, too. And I just felt like such a doofus. And I, I thought it was another one of your songs. And I remember feeling very embarrassed, but I, I very much appreciated the opportunity. So thank you.
0: Ironically, the song is called What the Hell's Wrong with You? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what was wrong with me? Yeah.
1: Um, I want to know. Best and worst performances in the sense of like, was there ever a time you went to perform and you had a bad feeling that it wasn't going to go well and then it totally turned around and it was like surprisingly good and vice versa? Did you ever have a show that you were so stoked for, but it just like was abysmal by the end? Just expectations weren't met kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, like the Europe thing, for example, again, it's, it wasn't, they were bombing out there. I like think we made it through, but it's just in comparison to all the shows they did in the States where Americans were just like, rah, rah, they loved it. But uh, you know, I just, so I was disappointed with that. I was really excited for, uh, for doing that kind of thing. Stuff that I didn't think was going to go well, that went better than I thought. Um, I don't know. You, you've been on stage. It's like, you know, when you, um, there's this certain energy you can hit where it's like, all right, the audience is there, they're digging what I'm saying. And now you can kind of just, uh, you know, just, just take a second, take a beat and just like, now you can, you can maneuver and control a little bit and stuff yeah. like that. Right. Sometimes you don't expect to get that with certain crowds, but they, they deliver and then you, uh, they just kind of fall for you right away. Sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a nice, nice surprise, and it's a nice, nice environment to be in. Yeah,
1: when you feel like you're oozing charm and you're not exactly sure what you're doing right, but you're like, okay,
0: okay, right, right. I'm digging this. <laughs> exactly. It could come down to like the anything, like the the host. It could be a bad host could just set you up wrong, and now your entire set's messed up. Whereas a good host can create so a good true. energy in the room, uh, and everyone flourishes.
1: And you won um, the best comic for Faces magazine for 2022, right? Which is a local Ottawa magazine, but still very, very does that, cool. Does it mean anything? But yeah, it's kind of the joke, right? right. Everyone <laughs> kind of says Faces is like a... Because there's so many people in every category. It's like 50 different people you can vote for. And it's one of those things where I guess you can tell all your friends to
0: vote for you and, and maybe not win justly. I'm not saying that's what you did by any means, but... So I didn't know I was nominated. And then... Uh, and then I, winter came it was like february and i get messages from comics in ottawa i was like congratulations was like what are you what are you talking about It's like you won the <laughs> faces award i didn't know i was in it to begin with <laughs> damn there we go yeah that's impressive yeah
1: pretty cool damn yeah we were nominated this show for a podcast or something we didn't win but yeah oh. yeah maybe next year yeah. although i did just kind of trash talk faces magazines so <laughs> we'll see how that goes cancelled um, I want to talk to you about social media stuff because I find it very impressive that you're so able to be so current with like stuff like TikTok because for me when TikTok came out I was telling Jason that was kind of the final straw for me where I was like I have enough fucking apps that I'm already <laughs> terrible at I feel old when I go on all these things already uh, but TikTok was the last straw and I just I kind of didn't delve down to it which it turns out was probably a bad idea because it seems to have blown up massively but you've got over 150,000 people following you on TikTok. You have over like 50 million views, mm-hmm. 3.1 million likes. Like, so how did you, how do you stay so current and not like feel old but like I do when I try to do that kind of stuff, you know?
0: People love watching my mental illness. It's, uh, it's <laughs> crazy what people will absorb these days. TikTok kind of, I was an early adopter because it was through boredom through uh, COVID, right? So there was like the early, really early adopters, which were tweens. They were just doing dances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they were, they were like the, early covid people and then it was the rest of the world so i kind of got in there and i didn't know anybody in the platform because nobody our age was on it or whatever so yeah i just started messing around with it i created a few things that i thought might be funny and i didn't care about being a weirdo because nobody knew me on the platform yeah right what do you do when you're alone and no one's around you got that anonymity yeah (laughs) exactly so then i i did that stuff and it, it blew up like on that platform so i'm like gee whiz I'm going to lean
1: into this a little more. (laughs)
0: Exactly. So I leaned into it more and then I got confident enough to post it on other platforms, uh, you know, where people could actually, uh, judge me for it. Um, no, your videos are hilarious for sure. So maybe there's something to be said there. It's just like when you're, when you're authentic and just being yourself, like that's when your, your true colors come out.
1: Well, your videos on TikTok are very like light and fun. I find, you know, they're very like just silly shenanigans that everyone can relate to and stuff. A lot about family life or about you know Ottawa stuff. I've seen you post about the weather and stuff. Like you know how it's getting fucking cold out. and
0: Same with my comedy. I don't like any. I don't like controversy. I don't want to freak up any political views. Or yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know. You're not going to see me posting a, a like an abortion TikTok or anything yeah. soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I try not to tread in those waters either. I don't know. I mean, some people can do it so gracefully. I feel like there's certain comics who can talk about the most controversial shit and they just weave through it without like really taking any heat. Like people like Bill Burr, he's pretty good at that where, you know, like he can talk about stuff where you're like, oh, is he really, is he really talking about this? And by the end, you're like, well, he
0: made a good argument. (laughs) He's a master at it. I love watching him do it. But then like people that aren't prepared or don't have that skill set try to do it and they become completely offensive. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't don't have the right to do that yet. You don't have the skill set to be able to.
1: Yeah, if people can't, If it's not inferred sort of where you're coming from and what your intent is, and you try to say one of those kind of heinous jokes that's really, really crossing the line, I've seen people do that on stage and just bomb where I'm pretty sure everyone thought they were like racist after and you can tell it was just a joke, but they didn't have that finesse you're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I'll ask Jason, do you have a question for Rory? Normally I throw to my dad if he's got you guys are musicians. So, yeah, Um, I was was always wondering since you were brought up in my neighborhood, uh, like where, where did you start? playing music at the beginning of everything, you know? First gigs.
0: Yeah, first, first gigs, gigs, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone, they find, if, similar to you, you find your first musician friends at school, right? That's it, yeah. I mm. think, uh, mm. yo, so I was at Knoxdale, right? And that that's, my grade six teacher brought his drum kit into into class for like the entire year. So he just let us mess around in no the drum way. kit. So I'm like, that's my thing. I'm going to be a drummer. And so, uh, my parents got me a kit next year for Christmas or whatever it was. And then, uh, I was a drummer and then I got tired of carrying the crap up and downstairs. So out of laziness, I'm like, what can I do that won't involve physical manual labor? Let's learn how to sing. You don't have to carry anything. True. So out of laziness, I learned how to sing and, um, I never looked back.
1: Did you take like singing lessons or something? Because I find you
0: you have like a very polished professional sound. You know what I mean? It's just practice. Like I just, I don't, I didn't take, I, I wish I had because I don't know the fundamentals. It, Even your like,
1: guitar work though, you're very like, you know, flawless. Well, Jason can tell you,
0: it's like literally, I got my 10,000 hours playing in bars, you know, two years in. Like when you're playing literally every Thursday, Friday, Saturday for a decade, you get pretty polished. But at the same time, it's not a life that has a lot of balance. Like right now I've got it balanced with this family thing, but like back then, even with friends, like before I had a family, like I can't tell you the amount of birthdays, anniversaries, whatever I missed because I had a a gig at Pier 21 or whatever the hell (laughs) bar happened to be. uh, You know what I mean? So it's like friends would stop asking me to, to things. Mm. It's like, he's he's busy obviously every weekend. So you have uh, to make some sacrifices for sure. Exactly. So the sacrifice is, um, or, or the, the the benefit is yeah, I could play a guitar chord, but uh, don't have friends.
1: <laughs> no, Jason. Yeah, you're you're super skilled too. He was rocking the bass before you got here, and I'm like, man, he's put, ridiculous, putting me to shame.
0: I just because again, every yeah, everyone can sing "Summer '69," but then you know. Some bands can play some are sick. I saw Brian Adams last. I was night. just gonna ask you. I saw your story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw him at Blues Fest four years ago, and I'm like, he sounds better than the '80s. It's like, what is this guy's? Great. He's gotta be getting old now. Eh? He's, he's like 63. 60.
1: Okay. And he, he played, went to my high school
0: for a year. Different year. No, oh, yeah, no. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. He's, he grew up in. Uh, he born in Kingston, and they grew up in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, something. I think he went to Henry Monroe, and then he did Colonel By for a year, which was my high school. Uh, again i don't know it was like in the
0: 80s or something probably but he sounds amazing he beat the band's cool it's just it was a good good show
1: i was like that song that he did with sporty spice <laughs> that's like Baby, one of my guilty pleasures gone, yeah
0: gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go you know it's i guess it's all of our guilty pleasure yeah um i want to talk to you about uh the the Ted talk that you did and, and obviously what inspired it, we had a tornado here, I guess only a few, six months before the pandemic, really. It was September, 2019, right? The Uh, anniversary was like two weeks ago or something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was, was, I know it was September. Oh, 2018. Okay. Um, but yeah, we had a, a tornado, which was not normal for Ottawa, although recently we had a crazy storm again. So maybe that's the way things are trending, but, um, yeah, so I wanted to know how do you when your house gets trashed like yours did and I think your car got fucked up too or no? Yeah, yeah. Your jacuzzi like everything. I remember I seeing I the video. like
0: in a tree. Yeah.
1: It was it was insane. Yeah, you looked like you had a tree fort through your house. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool.
0: Like almost as as cool as this room. But.
1: Well, that's the thing that I find astounding is that you seemed to almost instantly turn it into like this positive thing and and sort of like not let it you know crush you like probably so many people would have been devastated by that but you instantly started trying to turn it into something positive and then eventually you got invited to do a ted talk so where does that resilience come from have you always been that way is it just how you were raised or is it something that you just found in the moment when that happened
0: it, i mean it was all by accident because I, I again i've never experienced anything that traumatic before uh you know i had a, a pretty simple life up until that point. So I guess I learned through that is just how I masked my vulnerability, Like mm. you know, everyone around me is crying and panicking. I'm like, I just, that's the way I masked it. Just using humor. You ever been to a funeral? I'm the same. I'm cracking jokes that I shouldn't crack at funerals. Yeah, because I, I don't know how to, you know, deal with that. So Should, uh, were yeah, you we, home when it got trashed? Like, were you inside? We were inside. I was literally, oh, I had just gotten home and 15 minutes later, um, we're, you are know, eating pizza in the living room and I see like this true get tree get uprooted from the front. Like it was just, it was, it was stormy out, but we have storms. Right. But yeah. then when we saw a tree get uprooted a giant tree and just like, you know, fly into a, a parked Volvo we're it's like, well, let's get downstairs. <laughs> so, yeah. This is the next level. Yeah. Exactly. So we rushed to the basement and uh, you know, it was 20 seconds later. It was, it was done. That's how fast it was. Fuck.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because you were right in the path. I remember seeing that whole area. It went all the way to that Tim Hortons that they ended up having to shut down because it was like just too damaged beyond repair, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and then it seems like the storm we had back in May, it very much was a similar region. Like, I don't know what it is up with
0: this area. Because I was playing uh, a gig at, uh, I don't know, Ribfest or something like that. And I saw the storms coming in. I'm like, that does not look like a regular, because I've seen it. This looks familiar. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: I know this fucker. <laughs> get home. Yeah, no,
0: I'm, I'm racing home and I'm getting in the garage and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the tornado warnings start happening and we can see it. And uh, I lost more stuff. I had a cool ping pong table in my backyard <laughs> that's in the goddamn neighbor's pool now. And it's just like, wow. How Nothing compared to the first time though, right? I'm a magnet. What the, I, okay, so that was this May. I did the original tornado. There was a big one in Barrie last uh, June. Right, that decimated an entire neighborhood. I was in Barry when it happened. We are one block from me. I'm like, it's my fault. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't recycle enough. I don't know what it is.
1: You're some sort but of omen for
0: Mother Nature. Just has crazy it for
1: windstorms.
0: Me. Wow, that's nuts, man. It's like, uh, what's that final destination? She'll get me eventually. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just showed that to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my kids. Actually, my oldest two just watched the first one. They're pretty good movies, man. They hold up. They're yeah, they're ridiculous. <laughs> they're like campy. They're over the top, but like. I kind of love that you know what you're getting when you watch a Final Destination movie. Right, right, There's right. always that big opening, crazy scene, and then it's like watching them get picked off. How are the creative kills gonna happen? Yeah, it's good stuff. My my, my cousin actually worked on Final Destinations, um, doing the uh, no way, yeah, the after like the d- DVD CGI portion kind of, of stuff. No, 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 just the DVD portion of it. And actually, one of my old bandmates did the uh, animation of it. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh I rewatched another one too. Um not Final Destination, but another Devin Sawa movie. Uh, have you ever seen Idle
0: Hands? Yeah. That's with uh, Jennifer Lafieu, right?
1: No, it's uh just oh, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's also the dude who played Foggy Nelson on Daredevil. I don't know if you watched Daredevil on Netflix when that was around, but wasn't that uh And Seth Green's in it too. He's the <laughs> guy who gets the bottle in his head and uh, yeah, it's it's still got some charm, but I wouldn't say it held up as much as I thought it would. When I was telling my kids, I was like, "This movie's fucking amazing," and then we watched, it and I was like, "Oh, it's okay."
0: <laughs> so, if we had to choose, would it be Jessica Alba or Jennifer Love Hewitt?
1: Like, who's who's the bigger babe, and who did I crush on more? As yeah. I would probably say, the... Jennifer Love Hewitt was definitely more of a crush for me. Like, that was I was your high you school thing. Where
0: Jessica Alba was a bit younger than us, probably, so she was more of a Jessica Alba. Always just seemed too like too
1: Hollywood. She like the, the spray tan look and like, I'm not saying she's not attractive. That's not a spray
0: tan. She's Latino. Oh, is it? Okay, (laughs) my bad.
1: Well, she seemed like she put extra bronzer on maybe a little bit. Like she always had heavy makeup. I thought like that. She looked very Hollywood, very like, like, I don't want to say fake, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just... Jennifer Love Hewitt looked dumpy the entire time? Is that why <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wasn't expecting that question. They're both attractive women, of course. It's a win-win. I think, yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt was just because I, I watched those movies. I was uh, yeah. a big fan of I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I, they came out at the right age for me, where I was like 14, 15, popping boners every five seconds. <laughs> and, playing with yourself, watching and, Can't Hardly Wait. Well, yeah, and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in those movies, too, the other one. Um, no, the hottest hottest movie for jennifer love hewitt i will say if we're going back to uh, teenage spank stuff heartbreakers 100 percent. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: jason i was expecting him maybe to be like oh yeah
0: heartbreakers no jason pimes up he's like "Oh, i like gene hackman in that movie that's <laughs> awesome
1: <laughs> yeah sigourney weaver was like the older like you know um cougar type character or whatever yeah anyone who hasn't seen it and what's his name who just passed away was in that too um Ray Liotta. He was the guy that they were conning. That's true. He had like man. the construction company. Or whatever. It's actually a pretty funny movie too, but it's well written. The scenes. Yeah. There was a few scenes that got rewound a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit. I, I wanted to say uh, with your country stuff, I was super impressed. I remember you showing that you were like on a billboard in Nashville. Wasn't that, that with, you did a duet or something with Natalie Jean.
0: Yeah. That was before pre pandemic or me. I don't know. Something like that where we, we, I wrote a song, Uh, a couple years prior and uh, I cut a demo in Nashville and it was like, just wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? It just didn't work for me. And then Natalie reached out. She's like, I'd love to do, she's not primarily a country person. So she reached out she's like, I want to do a country song. I'm like, I got this thing. Maybe it'll sound better as a duo, Mm. a duet or whatever. So we collabed on that and um, it worked. You know what I mean? So
1: I'll say, yeah, you had like a hundred thousand streams. I saw you holding like a, some sort of certificate you got for
0: that. That, that i mean i got that too early like it's up uh, it's a quarter million streams or something oh yeah 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 uh, that's impressive that's got to be especially
1: being a guy with a love for country to be like on a billboard in nashville that's yeah. got to be like kind of mind-blowing
0: i mean it was temporary it was pretty quick but it's still yeah it, i don't yeah. know
1: man i yeah. think nashville is like the mecca for country right so if there's any city to have your country song be on a billboard for that's that's the most impressive one i suppose so yeah
0: um uh, yeah, but it's again, and that it came after my uh, all the all the most successes I've had in, in country came after I said, I'm being a comedian now. <laughs> so it's like it's maybe when you when you put less effort into something, that's when everything happens. Is that?
1: No, I totally get what you're saying. Sometimes if you focus too laser in on something you self sabotage or you, you know, like you take a step away and sometimes then you can see clearly. I get what you're saying. I don't if know. that's what you're saying.
0: No, I, just, I don't know why that is a thing. It's like the opposite of what everyone tells you.
1: There's a song by Slightly Stupid. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're like a reggae kind of band from nope. SoCal. Um, <laughs> their, their interesting thing was that when Bradley Noel of Sublime was alive, he signed them while they were still in high school. So that's right. kind of one of their cool claims to fame. But they're a great band. Anyways, they have a song where the chorus is, um, the harder you try, the less you succeed. Don't try it all and get everything you need. So it's very... You know, that's a cool line.
0: On um, point for for what you're discussing. Clearly, you're not the only guy to have that thought. I remember my first? It was 2008, and like my first album in Nashville, and I was really excited because it was just like, you know, that's where everyone records. That's where all my yeah. records so I'm like, let's go down and do it. And we got all the same guys. Like we got Reba as a guitar player, and oh, wow. Jason Aldean's drummer, or whatever the hell. Like it just everyone was like. Dream are Good to go. So like, I'm going to bring this thing back to Canada. Radio is going to love it. And we're going to be a country music rock star. Radio hated it. And I didn't become a country music rock star, but the more, so I just, I'm like, all right, cool. I put it on YouTube. I'm a failure. Uh, Let's just let it sit there for a while. Everyone can download it for free or whatever. Uh, Two years go by. And then this ad company in New York calls me. They're like, Hey, we, we heard your song break free and we'd love to use it in our ad campaign for some pharmaceutical product. Like, uh, sure. I thought it was like, prank call so i just hung up and they called back and uh yeah the, the thing got played for like four years on no way. The, it was like on a commercial with kevin nealon and arnold palmer and like chris Bosch. wow nascar brian vickers they just kept renewing the thing right that sounds and, like so, a good paycheck it was a fantastic paycheck i ended up paying for the next five albums oh sweet uh, co-wrote that was song with someone like one of the guys bought a, an engagement ring the other guy put a down payment on a house it was just like um that's amazing. So the th- again, the album, I thought, was a complete flop. It just ended up being, you just, maybe it goes back to what we were saying before. It's just like, you have your horse blinders on, right? So you don't see everything else, the other opportunities around you, if you're laser focused on that mm-hmm. one thing. I don't know, but it's,
1: it's, uh. That's very cool, though, that you got that kind of airplay on, on, like, a big
0: syndicated ad. It opened up my eyes to a thing that I, I didn't realize even existed. So I was happy to see that. It's just. You it's, know what the medication was? It's called Zeralto, Actually, or what, like it's what there. it's for? It's blood cl- clotting <laughs> or something like that. It's like so. I uh, would have sucked if it was like for herpes or something. Right, 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 right. No, it's 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 a blood clotting. Uh, it's like brought to you by Rory. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. And I used to tell a joke on stage. It, it was like, uh, like it's cool to have your stuff in a commercial, but it's like you're like no one's coming up to you after the show. It's like, oh my god, your song about. Blood clotting really got really some tough times. Like it's not really rock star, right? But it's uh,
1: whatever, though, man. That's still impressive, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the, all the things we've been talking about are super impressive, and and that's why I said off the top that I honestly think you're one of the hardest working entertainers that I've ever met because you're always working your ass off and you're always doing different styles of shit, which I also think is cool. Maybe because I try to aspire to do the same. You know, keep dabbling in new creative endeavors. But uh, you know, respect.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I wish I could i to a, a fault though thank you for saying that but I, I feel like i'm i i go uh i get overwhelmed pretty easily <laughs> so uh what like anxiety you mean no just in general like uh, it's just i take on too many projects and uh, then like now it's just like i'm trying to like balance a lot of plates and then it's now i have to like it, it, it takes effort to like take things off or take plates away or whatever so yeah. as i get older I'm, I'm really trying to uh mitigate that uh
1: Dude, i've been doing the same thing lately like this whole season i was telling jason before we uh recorded that this has been kind of a slow one for me normally the first couple seasons i did 32 around episodes 33 maybe and this episode we're recording now is the 20th of this season there's been a lot of stuff getting COVID twice uh, we lost power for a week when that storm came through in may and my grandpa passed away and my dad's gone and all that but um on top of all that maybe because my dad's been gone i was kind of like you know what I'm just gonna try and take some time and just fucking chill out a bit because i felt like i was just stressed out all the time not that i don't enjoy doing the show but you know like you said too many sp- spinning plates at the same time and it's been really nice the last like month or so to just be like okay i'm gonna get more fucking sleep that was the number one thing i got so used to sleeping like five six hours a night that like i just couldn't even remember the last time i had eight hours of sleep and it's been making a, like a whopping difference and, uh, you know, yeah, just trying to like to be OK with like one night being like, I'm just going to watch a fucking movie and go to bed early and like and not feel shitty about that, mm-hmm. because I find it's very easy to like bully yourself into being like, well, why aren't you being more productive? I, I'm that kind of person. That if I'm not always chasing after something, then I feel like disappointed in myself or something. I no, I,
0: I'm. I'm... I'm suffer from that like crazy yeah. yeah i don't watch tv by myself because i i feel guilty like i i should be doing something creative so like if i'm watching tv with the kids or whatever i'm socializing yeah, it's an activity right? then. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: or if it's with a, a lady friend then it's like a date a movie right. or whatever exactly. yeah exactly
0: yeah uh so th- that's that and i was telling uh, jason before uh, the thing started it, it's like uh, when you're playing like five or six days a week or whatever Jason did or, or for, uh, for several years, like 15 years, it's like, you yeah. don't have any inclination the next morning to pick up a instrument and write an original song. Like if, you know what I mean, like you're just exhausted playing till 2am and and once you back away from that for a second, you can, once you get some headspace and, and you can free your creativity a little bit, I think that's when you uh, can flourish a little bit more. You know what I mean, you come up with new yeah. ideas that, that, um, that might take you in a direction that you never really thought possible.
1: Yeah, well, you seem to be a master of that, man. I'm always interested to see what your next thing's going to be. What do you have coming up other than touring? Is there something new that you're working on? I'd like to get that
0: album out that finally, uh, you know, I've got that stand-up album out. Um,
1: oh, and this one would be sans guitar, just like pure stand-up, you think?
0: Yeah, that was I was supposed to do that in, and again in 2021, but nothing. Uh, there was no audiences around
1: this year. Yeah, it's been a slow climb back to normal audiences, yeah.
0: Exactly. So I, I'd love to, uh, to do that this year. And, um, but then again, you know, it is just like you're working on jokes. And now I'm coming up with new stuff. I'm like, what narrative do I want to do? And I'm just trying to figure out the right opportunity.
1: I'm impressed by anyone that does a special because I know, I know a lot of people will record it like four different nights in a row and edit the best parts together. But to me, just coming up with like 45 minutes of material or whatever, I've never been able to do that. And I'm not ashamed of it or anything, but, um, you know, I could maybe do like 20 minutes and I'd have to pull some shit together, but 45 or an hour is like, just remembering it without notes or being able to look at your phone even is, you know, impressive to me. You could
0: add your guitar to it. it.
1: Yeah. That's what I would do just to get my 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, just to get your 20 minutes. Well, probably. I mean, the last few years I've mainly only been doing musical comedy. I, I I honestly, I think that's one of my goals is to go and do some sets with just no guitar and and get back to some of the weird shit I write in my notebooks and, and just giving her, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, anyways, yeah, I don't know. There's always more time to keep trying or go back to things like, that's, there's never any limitations except for the ones we put on ourselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. This is turning into a lot of mo- uh, motivational quotes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. We
1: have a lot of cliches here in this. So. Yeah, whatever, man. I, I think a lot of cliches are, are fucking adorable. I
0: live by that <laughs> stuff, man. Know? I just, I myself help junkie. So <laughs> I'm I, I, a basic uh, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I love it. It's the only, it's, I don't know. Although I don't like pumpkin spice. I'm
1: not a huge fan. That's supposed to be a basic bitch thing. But right, right. I find, uh, yeah, Kelly loves pumpkin spice. But for me, it's this time of year, it's just oversaturation. Everything is pumpkin spice.
0: I haven't been to Starbucks in years. Um, I, I Lately, I've been only been drinking black coffee, and their black coffee sucks. So I, <laughs> this is why I haven't been
1: Especially there. when it's like $8 for black coffee. Yeah,
0: exactly. I used to go, what was it, like caramel latte or something like that, or caramel macchiato, like that was my thing.
1: I never liked Starbucks I always found it was overpriced and whenever I tried a fancy drink I usually I I always felt intimidated just ordering because I never knew what I should be getting so I would always just be real with the cashier like sort of tell them what I was after and they would always give me some super sweet thing with a bunch of whipping cream and it's just overkill I don't know I like my McDonald's coffee if I'm being honest so do I
0: that's all I have the best brew you can find from a big name yeah yeah exactly
1: okay I got some fun questions for you Um, what is your most embarrassing childhood memory Unless it's traumatic obviously <laughs> my dad fingered me or something <laughs>
0: uh child tra- traumatic childhood memory um
1: I guess that wouldn't be embarrassing if your dad fingered you though <laughs> it's just
0: horrible depending on who you are it could, you know it could, if, if he's good it maybe uh <laughs> um I don't know. I, I used to have like a runny nose throughout my entire childhood. And I even got surgery to get my adenoids taken out. Oh shit. And so like my nose would run constantly. So all the kids at school called me snotty. Oh, that's not a great nickname. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: Everybody thought you were sick all the time. I would assume then too. Or just gross. Yeah. You stay away from the guy was always dripping like a faucet though. <laughs> they yeah.
0: weren't wrong. It was gross.
1: Shit. Yeah. That's uh, pretty embarrassing. So
0: my, yeah, the most tra- traumatic experience would have been, uh, uh, you know, over six years of uh, preschool or whatever
1: nasal teasing.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, now next time I see you like at a bar or something, I'm just going to be like, "Some snotty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Please do. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I can beat that though. I, again, I was not sure. I mentioned this to Jason, but I don't know if I've told this on this podcast before, but an embarrassing childhood memory for me that still makes my dad laugh is uh, when we went camping and my first time camping when I was about 10 grade four, or something like that. And uh we went to the beach all day and I had to piss really bad and I didn't want to use a porta potty or whatever. You know, I was just kinda of holding and think I'd make it back to the campsite. And it was a long walk back to the campsite. So at some point I'm like, I gotta go pee. And I ran off to the side. My brother, and my dad kind of just stayed on the path. But uh I don't know. Some women might not be familiar, but sometimes when you have to pee really bad, it can uh, cause an erection. What? Well, you know, guys wake up sometimes with a, with a morning boner because they got to take a big leak or whatever. It's it's a thing.
0: No, that's when testosterone is <laughs> peaking. It has nothing to do with you having to go to the bathroom.
1: Uh, well, I think that that is a thing though. If you hold your piss in too long, then that that can't happen. Can we ask Jason. I don't know. We could get a doctor in here for. <laughs> why is he asking? I was ten, you so me? I don't mind telling this story. No,
0: you were ten. That's why you had a boner. It had nothing to do with you having to pee. <laughs> it's just literally every ten year old constantly i can't hard. yeah
1: i can't i thought morning wind was a thing too yeah well because so there's agree. that yeah. um Your 40 boy. year old virgin starts with him like walking in the bathroom all asleep and then he he pisses all over the place because he's you know his dick is sort of pointed upwards or whatever I'm not his. a
0: doctor i'm just saying anyways
1: it was that kind of a situation uh where you know my johnson was was stuck up with the waistband and i just went released like as soon as i got it out there so my dad and my brother watched me piss into my own face <laughs> and and if i bring it up my dad still like starts laughing and tearing up because he just has this visual of his son like <laughs> pissing in his own face saying like ah it's salty <laughs> so yeah that's i think slightly more embarrassing than snotty but but uh, yeah. you know, I was young, so I'm not accountable for that. I don't feel embarrassed really talking about it.
0: Now you're older now; it's it's in the past, right?
1: But at the time, it was uh, mortifying. It sounded mortifying. <laughs> it was like something I didn't think would ever happen in a million years. I certainly didn't think there would be an audience. <laughs> and, right. At least you were in a safe space. It was just your family seeing exactly it your entire class. Yeah, exactly.
0: Unless your dad's been bullying you for the last thirty years. But there's a guy
1: I know that he, um, this dude I used to live with when I was first moved out when I was like twenty and. He told me a story about how he went on a school field trip to uh, Papanak Zoo out, outside of Orleans or whatever, and that the little monkey, there's like a little baboon in there who I've seen him like playing with his, his noodle. I remember seeing this monkey playing with himself a lot. But he told me when he was with the class trip that the monkey actually jizzed on him. <laughs> and I was always like, is this a story? But why would you want to tell that story? So that's what inclined me to you know believe him. But anyway, so apparently... You Isn't that
0: like a just act of, a of kindness? Like he's probably,
1: I don't know. He, <laughs> yeah, I guess he could take it as flattery. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you win. Winner, gang <laughs>
1: Um, This is a, kind of a a weird question, but what ice cream flavor would you be if you were an ice cream flavor?
0: And why? Oh, That's a weird was, question. I was going to say, <laughs> I, th- I thought initially it was like, what do you like? Probably moose tracks, you know? I like those chunks. Oh my God, elk tracks or whatever, Yeah. Hey, funny story. Shit's so good. Funny story to uh, evade this question. Um, <laughs> ben and Jerry's, you know why they have so many chunks in their ice cream? No. Because one of them, Ben or Jerry, is doesn't have, you can't taste anything. He has no taste. So he, he likes the texture of the chunks. Really? Exactly. So that's how it happened. I did
1: not know that. Yeah. Crazy. That was an interesting factoid.
0: Mm-hmm. So if, uh, no, if my ice cream flavor was anything, uh, how I make love, it would probably be vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very disappointing. Yeah. It's the missionary flavor. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, how would your parents describe you? A little extra. A little extra.
0: I feel like parents just want children to be safe. You know what I mean? Just mm. like you just get a government job and just to sit there for 30 years. Just, we know you're going to be okay. Right. They don't want. when want you to have
1: a pension plan and all that. Exactly. So, but were they supportive of your uh, musical talents and your comedic skills? Or they were kind of telling you to do that but like have something in your back pocket exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but what about now though when you've had like plenty of
0: success in that field i feel like i've proven it now where i'm able to sustain a family or whatever but yeah a, you're like 50 million tiktok views that doesn't translate into anything like literally it's that's it's chinese spyware no offense jason but it's it's
1: uh it did kind of pop up overnight TikTok I felt like. It was just like one day all of a sudden everyone was fucking talking about TikTok. Even Donald Trump was telling people not to download it. And-
0: exactly. Like in Canada you it's the creators fund doesn't exist so you can't get paid for your TikToks here in Canada. Oh really? Shame because No way. We were cooking for a while. Yeah. And then um Fuck. And then I had this conversation with someone yesterday. It's just like I like out of all that like what is TikTok giving you? Nothing really. Well, exposure, and hopefully they check out your other stuff. But it's no investment in exposure. So like I'll, I'll be doing like this over the winter, I was doing cruise ship gigs, and, okay. I, and I we get to use this th- cool theater with this LED wall behind you and stuff, so I can actually bring videos into the show. And it's really, you know... Yeah, that's really awesome. <clears throat> cool element. So part of the show would be me showing a TikTok, and then I would show these stupid comments people use on the... Anyway, <laughs> long and short of it is like half the audience has already seen the TikToks, it's like, we already follow you. We just didn't recognize you without your cardigan or whatever. Oh, okay. So I'm like, so yeah, it's exposure because they know the association, who I am now. You're this familiar face. like, But it gets, exactly. What does that get you? Oh, yeah, you're that guy all right, Let's go to the casino. Like well, <laughs> hopefully, they
1: enjoy your content so it gives you like a favorable edge with an audience. Maybe before you even perform, they're already like, Oh, I seen this guy. Yeah, he, he made me laugh while I was on the shitter, <laughs> you know? Like, right. yeah, you, yeah. they have a good vibe coming from you already before you even open your mouth, you know? Maybe. Like, I don't know. Somewhere. I didn't know that. I thought you were making money off TikTok. I had no idea about that restriction for Canadians. That's no, I mean,
0: if I had that many subscribers on YouTube, that'd be different.
1: Yeah, yeah. YouTube is, it's a fucking slow burn, at least I've found. Mm. I mean, I finally make a tiny bit of money off YouTube, but it's,
0: it's peanuts. <laughs> I find uh, shorts have been uh, big lately on YouTube, so I just I just repurpose all the TikToks through shorts, and uh, uh, you know, same sort of thing. So those pop huge, but the the monetization is not there. So yeah. oh, I have millions of shorts videos now. Like the they can you can only monetize the long form ones. Oh really? I didn't know that. I know my long form would suck. Apparently,
1: no. You know what? I like. I know that shorts are the thing right now, and because of TikTok, everyone's trying to copy that with reels or whatever they've rebranded. But I think I'm so inherently like against it that even though I'm shooting myself in the foot, I I just I'm like, no, man. I'm gonna put out two hour podcasts. You know, and and same thing when I do my intros for a Zoom episode, I do it all in one take. I don't fucking do this like million edits, even though it's it's all probably the stuff I should be doing, but I just can't get myself to.
0: But take take clips, so like, get your dad or whoever is producing at the time, uh, to to like just earmark like a, a point in the in the thing, like at the twenty five minute mark, they had really good banter. Yeah, or they said something that might appeal to like a, a wider audience, and so like I. I On TikTok, for example, people post their clips, right? There's 15 second clips, and there's one of them that kind of caught my eye. There's two like comedians who were like heavy into weightlifting, right? And they're talking, they have this element in their show where they talk about who's natty and who's not, right? So is The Rock on steroids? I would like to know that. Yeah. So I listened to the the, the, the teaser on TikTok for 30 seconds. I'm like, you know what? I'd like, so I go to their podcast and I'm subscribed to their podcast. Friggin podcast and now i know mm. every actor in the world who is natural or on steroids it's information i didn't need to know but uh, yeah, i'm kind of with the with the with the real right so was the rock on steroids absolutely he okay. looks better now than he does when he was 20 right <laughs> so then like every marvel character is on steroids because like these guys are also on steroids so they know all the all the things right he's like oh yeah the shoulder thing like that's a steroid tail and all this oh, crazy pretty cool
1: shit yeah well i i have a TikTok with uh, like i think a single video it was some kenny hots clip that i put up because i thought oh maybe i'll do this but yeah it's just like i told you before i feel like i'm already not the kind of person that's super into apps and social media like i find it like it's work and it, it just i don't know I, I don't find it enjoyable at all and was kenny on this podcast no spenny was no they both were but at different times yeah kenny was here um in december Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly should. Uh, my son helps me with some stuff um, with editing. I do most of the main editing, but he'll do like graphics for me and stuff. And he's on TikTok and he's told me the same thing. Like, Yo, you should let me let me do it. But then I'm like, eh, I got to worry about certain episodes. Do I want him watching the whole content? <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try it out, I think, because it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Right. I thought it was going to be a flash in the pan at the beginning when TikTok came out. I thought maybe it was going to be, you know, a year and then people will get stop caring or whatever
0: but it seems like it's yeah they change the landscape of every, every other platform exactly
1: it's the opposite it's like everybody else is trying to copy tiktok now so i don't know but i still love me some long form if you're still here watching this whole episode then good for you gold star
0: <laughs> there it is yeah uh kenny uh i, I met kenny on a plane uh I, I think i was headed to new york for a showcase or something and he was headed back to toronto and they just performed in ottawa oh nice and
1: uh I, I wonder if that was this show this was this was december when he no, was no here. no
0: this was a couple years ago Oh, okay okay and uh we got to talking he's like oh i found out i was a musician he's like I've, I've been trying to put something together like but let's collaborate on a, on a project i'm like cool what do you have in mind and he sends me these lyrics he's like let's just uh let's create some funny songs and then we'll, we'll, nice. we'll, we'll put this whole thing together. We'll go on tour. It'll be a lot of fun. So I'm like, cool. Some of your, some of your lyrics and, and we'll, we'll figure it out. The most vile like thing on paper I've ever seen or read in my life. I'm like, buddy, I spent like a decade, like trying to get, You're like, was, I have a kid's like, album. Clean, exactly. <laughs> right. Inspiring children's music. I can't, I can't go, you know, tour the world singing this stuff. So yeah unfortunately we had to did you expect anything less from kenny hotslow i didn't know what to expect but it just it didn't work out obviously
1: he's like known for being nefarious and vile and all that but like i gotta say from meeting the dude i thought he was like a really sweet guy like i think a lot of that is a played up sort of
0: character mm. um he's I, a good hang like we we got along great it's just uh, creatively <laughs> uh it just did do our our brands are different maybe
1: no i i can understand why you might not want to sing those songs i mean i don't know what the lyrics were but i can only imagine i've heard his songs about spenny being born in a dumpster can from uh from a homeless guy's jizz or something exactly. jizz in a diaper and then spenny was, the, was born i think that was the
0: first verse and it is so it goes back to your last question if i had probably sang that or recorded that my parents would probably be disappointed
1: yeah yeah <laughs> you have to explain the context like no you should watch their show it's shock humor exactly. no yeah he's a really nice guy though from what i gathered um Oh, uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Honestly, I've got a uh, season three finale question that I've been asking everybody. Unless there's anything you want to plug again or something you want to, something coming up or some shows or...
0: What have I got coming up?
1: You're going back to the prairies, I think I saw later this month?
0: Yeah. So All of October is basically... Uh, here's the thing with balancing with the family. Uh, I, I go to Saskatchewan next week and then the week after Alberta and then the week after Manitoba. So I'm kind of hopping all over the place. And I could just find stuff to do out there and be gone the entire month, but I'm choosing to like be a present father and just like flying back and forth or whatever. And I just, I feel like it's uh it's the best way to go. That's a long time to not see your kids for sure. Yeah. But again, like Western Canada, they've been, they've been liking my stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what
1: they do. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I want to know when you were growing up, what was your dream job that you wanted? slash what job would you want to do right now if you all of a sudden stopped being a comedian and musician and just had to change careers? You can answer either or, or both. Career back in the day was rock star. Oh, okay. Like well, most you people, I guess. Accomplished that, I would say. Not quite. To but, some degree. I mean, I've seen so many videos of you on stage doing the whole band thing
0: in front of huge audiences and being a star, you know, I don't know. It's not, but it's funny. I had this conversation yesterday with someone because they struggle with the inner struggle that folks like you and I probably struggle with. And uh, so they hired a hypnotist to like talk to them. And so they asked them this question. They're like, you know, what are you doing now? And she, she laid it out. She's like, I, I did a speaking gig. I had a thing. I posted a podcast. I do this sort of thing. And then he's like, well, what we want to be doing five years from now. And she's like, uh, you know, speaking gig and a podcast and a thing. So he's like, well, you're doing that right now. It's just your perception needs to change. It's like you're Mm. currently living what you consider your dream. You just don't see it in your head right now. Right. So just kind of embrace that journey instead of like whatever goal you're trying to achieve that kind of stuff. Like at the age of 40, that's like the, that's, that's stuff is starting to like register for me. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to appreciate kind of what. Being uh, present. Yeah. Just like what I, what I, what I do or have as opposed to uh, I'm not Garth Brooks. <laughs> so I'm a failure, you know what I mean?
1: No, I totally get it. I think that that's why people have so much nostalgia for childhood and stuff. It's because you almost don't realize when it's happening how amazing it is. It, it's only once it's gone that you start to appreciate it. Like, I, I think about that with this room when someone says, oh, this is a cool room or I'm interviewing someone having a great conversation. Like, I think about one year, or five years or 10 years or whenever I move out of here, and this is no more a thing, I know I'm going to look back and be like, Oh, I wish I could be in that room in that chair again. So instead, I try to tell that to myself now and be like, you are in the chair now, like, soak it the fuck in, you know, but that's that's the whole like, uh, meditative thing that being present, I think that is honestly the best thing to try to put your energy into. And I'm terrible at it usually, but I'm never going to stop striving to be, you know, in the moment. It's easier said than done.
0: I remember hearing a survey once of like, you know, a thousand different old people. And they said that across the board, the best time of their life is when their kids were young,
1: Mm.
0: you know, for whatever reason. And I I remember when I first had kids, it was like, it sucked for the first few years. You know, Jason probably knows it's just like diapers and BS. And I
1: would say the first year, I like toddler stage when they can start walking around a bit and like, you can do more shit, you can bring them places. But like the first year is kind of bullshit. It's adorable, but... That's it. That's all you get. It's like you're
0: you're nothing. Like the mom takes care of everything, right? Oh well,
1: in this house, I mean, we're pretty equal parents, but I'm I'm the the house husband. I call myself.
0: I just meant like (laughs) as far as like the first year, it's like you know they're on the teat and you're kind of a useless. Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Biologically, yeah, yeah.
0: But it so I don't know. So I felt like the first few years were just like everyone's like the kids having kids is like the best thing of your life, and then for some reason I had this in my head. I'm like. I don't see what they're talking about this is when's the payoff like when does it become the best thing (laughs) in my life right and uh i just feel tired (laughs) exactly it's not it wasn't ideal but now i'm in the heyday like we talked about earlier i think they they're just the perfect ages yeah where they're not dicks they're out of diapers and it's uh eight and ten that's a good ages it is it is and so it, it but a lot of parents including me at the beginning had that thought it's like all right, at the, when they turn 18, are you handed a trophy? You've created adults now, congratulations. No, it's the journey, we're in it right now. Exactly. It's, it's, appreciate what you have, because that's what you're gonna be looking back on when you're 80. Exactly. And, yeah, nothing else
1: no and i'm so thankful for what kelly does every year because she'll take a bunch of pictures which i'm bad for like when i'm having making a memory i'm never going to be the guy who's like we should take a picture i'm never that guy but i'll i'm happy to be in your picture or whatever but it's i'm never the one to think of it so she always does that but then you know once a year she'll go and print out physical copies to put in the albums and then sometimes i'll look through one of those albums and it's just like magical you know it's like all those special memories all in one nice little place. So that's, I, that's I totally important. get what you're saying. It
0: I, is. I was that kid when I was a teenager. Like I, we'd have a one of those big old video cameras back in the day and I'd always tape everything, everyone's birthday or every, every Christmas event and stuff. And so now we can like look back, oh, here's 1988. And then yes. we just look at like, it's cool, right?
1: It's it, so cool. Well, we grew up in such a, a unique, interesting time. I honestly think that the whole switch to the internet and everything, there's never going to be a time like like right before the internet sort of like 85 to 95 that was such a unique time to be alive i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this other than i'm glad that i was alive and experienced some of that you know
0: it's weird you and i didn't grow up with internet in our formative oh you actually okay you're younger so it's I like was,
1: when did inter, when would you guys say the internet kind of like
0: It was probably like 95 or something like that. But
1: even then that was like AOL and it was like the shitty internet.
0: Uh, Me and my buddy would get together every day across the street, my best friend, right? And and we'd uh, we'd play Mario Kart because we were super cool. And we'd queue up the old internet, and we'd be like, uh, uh, okay, let's look up uh, who's called it? Cindy Crawford." Mm. This is 1995, yeah. and uh, let's queue up a JPEG, right? And then you queue it up, and then we go play one of the Grand Prix. We come back, it's like, "Oh yeah, we see the bottom of our neck." Cool. <laughs> Still. We go back to play another Grand Prix. By the end of the entire thing, maybe we can see like, uh, you know, shoulder blades or something. But it, it's um, I know, right? Like kids are
1: just jumping on Spotify and listen to whatever the fuck they want. Oh and like I remember God. like coming back after school to see if one song had to finish downloading <laughs> and then you had your Winamp player and, <laughs> yeah. oh man
0: good times <laughs> it was a good time i got rid of my all my cds recently too you know oh, I mean? I, I to, you did the purge finally uh yeah uh, you give them all away for a cent they cost me like 15 bucks each or something
1: i have a pile in that bag it's full of cds um they were all in my car that was my thing i just kept every cd i owned like in the trunk i had like three different book whatever those things are called cd books and uh then eventually my cd player shit the bed and it kept like trapping a cd in there for a long time and it would randomly pop out so i had actually the best of james brown disc one in my car for the last like four years and it was a good album to have stuck in your car i gotta say way I, better than disc two well uh, disc is pretty solid too actually but um i don't know it was as far as like something i could have got stuck in my car i still came back around and would listen to that eventually again and again and then the other day i dropped my kid off at school and i start the car and the cd just pops out so i had like now this decision was like what's the next cd i put in and I don't know if it was the right decision, but uh, I put in a Dane Cook stand up CD. Is <laughs> it a good it was, decision? No, it was funny. And I, I loved him back in the day. I still thought it was very funny. Some of it hadn't aged well, but, um, you know, he had kind of some frat boy stuff that uh, it was popular in the early 2000s to be kind of a douchey guy and be all obsessed with getting laid and American Pie. All those movies were like that.
0: And I don't think any of them really aged well. But, but he got like flack for being different and just no one could relate you No one could even compete. He was like at the top of the world back he then. He did comedy differently. Than any comedians were doing at but the time. But that's what I admire yeah. about him. Like he's just created his own lane and he just went for it and he capitalized. And he, at that time, it was 2004. He was the biggest comedian on the planet.
1: Oh, doing like like sold out arenas yeah. like to like 18,000 people or whatever. And no one was doing that shit back then. Yeah, and uh well, he got shit for for stealing jokes. Apparently, that was why some people shit on him. But I agree, and he, he's never drank or taken any drugs, which I found very interesting. He's never altered his mind in any way. And he's got a lot of shit that happened to him, too. Like, his uh, brother stole all his money. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, his accountant or something, and he, like... I don't know how long ago. its was, like, five, ten years ago or something, I think.
0: Yeah, he's in jail now, so
1: it's... Yeah, yeah, he doesn't even consider him a fucking... Jail? No, Dane, no, Cook's, no, brother. Brother, oh, Dane Cook's brother who was his accountant okay, and he okay, stole yeah, like yeah. all of his money and shit. Oh, okay. And then he rebuilt his empire again and now he's got a new special coming out. I think later this month.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing it. Cause I, I saw him in, uh, LA, like comedy store, I think, or the other one improv just working it out. And yeah, in my head, like it was Dane Cook in the, in what's it called? Maple gardens. What's the, what's the garden? Uh, Madison, uh, Madison square. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. the Maple leaf garden. <laughs> um, yeah, so like that. So to see him in like a you know something the size of yuck yucks was yeah. awesome. Oh
1: right? man, that must have been cool. He's such a good crowd work guy too, from what I've heard on his albums. I, I will say though, yeah, having any stand up CD stuck in your car now, I don't know if that's a great idea. Just because jokes aren't necessarily as uh, easy to re listen to on a frequent basis as a song that you really enjoy. Uh, you know why is that? It is weird, but yeah. Like,
0: there's that, but then like last night I'm watching a Seinfeld episode from 30 years ago and I'm like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Like why why is watching a TV show different?
1: Isn't it funny too that you can still find something really funny when you already know what the punchline is going to be? I find that an interesting concept too because comedy obviously makes sense when you're surprised and, and you're like, ah, oh, ha, ha, and you're being illuminated with this joke, but... I think it's funny how people will like be nostalgic and go watch, you know, old Simpsons episodes and you know, like every beat of the thing, but it's, it's that comfort almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, oh, sorry. So the other half of that question though, I still want to know if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would be, what job would you want to be doing? If you had to pivot right now,
0: if I had to pivot right now, what job would I be doing? Like
1: nothing performance.
0: Oh God. Um, I don't...
1: Anyway, and let's assume you could be, you know, um, have the schooling for it? Like, like what appeals to you? Like being an architect or like, you know, something like that. If you could be magically sort of like given the, the tutelage where now you have the knowledge to do that, like, is there a career that sort of appeals to you?
0: So, uh, one time someone told me that I missed my calling as a teacher. I could see that. I feel like uh, that would be cool, but not like high school. Like, I don't be a babysitter, but like, I, I'd like to, I like knowledge sharing in general. Yeah. Whether, I don't know anything right now, but like, had I had the tutelage, as you say, yeah. I, I'd like to share that with someone.
1: Well, no, like you said, you love connecting with people, and that's why you fell in love with comedy. So that actually makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of comedians would probably make okay teachers as long as they're not the more unstable
0: ones, (laughs) right? Comedy is not a, is a cesspool for uh, unstable folk, but at the
1: same time teaching, I think that having a comedic element is such a great edge when you're trying to get the attention of, especially a youth. I think it just makes you kind of cooler instantly to a kid. If you can make them laugh, I think honestly, anyone, they always say the same thing about relationships too. Like what's the number one thing a woman's looking for someone who can make them laugh. You know, I think it's the same for, for educating that you just get people's attention and people want to hear what you have to say a little more.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like with that grade six teacher who brought the uh, the drums into class, right? He, exactly. was, like, he was like that young, hip guy. Yeah. So back in the day, so like, to this day, like, he's still my favorite teacher ever. And uh, the drums thing kind of got me into music. That's it's, it's. So I messaged him, I saw him on Facebook a few uh, years ago. I messaged him, I guess, you know, it's just a nice little paragraph. It's like, thanks to you, uh, we did this, 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 and this, and uh, we appreciate you and blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. No response dude so, yeah
1: <laughs> as if you just said that because um i've been trying to find this one history teacher who was like so the best teacher I ever had, hands down. He just made me feel accepted. And, and he was someone I really connected with. Uh, I couldn't find him anywhere. I looked at my old school and their website. He doesn't teach there. I have no idea when he left. So that was a bummer. But I did notice my drama teacher and he still works there. So I sent him an email. I didn't get a reply. I'm like, oh, maybe it went to his spam. And then I called the office and they're like, yeah, we'll send you to his voicemail. And I left like a really sweet voicemail saying thanks for the positive influence. Same fucking thing. He's ghosted me. I wanted to maybe interview him on the show, but yeah.
0: Maybe, yeah you know who you are folks can't take flattery i guess
1: yeah i know i guess i like i don't know maybe i was thinking maybe he didn't like me like maybe i was a a student that he didn't like but then i was i'm thinking well it's been 20 some odd years since i graduated high school you think he would give me a chance (laughs) that maybe as a grown-up i'm not the same annoying kid i was or whatever but yeah it's a bummer i would really like to speak to somebody like that had that kind of positive you know um Impression on me.
0: You should mail him disc two of the James Brown CD <laughs> and see if he. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: J- James Brown man!
0: Fuck. I have about ten thousand of my own CDs in my basement right now.
1: Um, oh, really? Like ones you were merch or whatever?
0: Yeah, because I made them before you know when CDs were cool, and then it, no ones buying CD <laughs> uh, unless you're in Alaska. People love CDs in Alaska. Oh man, because I don't think they've heard of Spotify. Is but.
1: this your comedy stuff or your your older just music album? Like uh, a bunch of country
0: stuff, like you know, all the kids' album, everything. But it, it's, uh yeah, I don't know. I should have got rid of them at the time, but no one was buying.
1: Yeah, well, I guess if you ever do a show, you could give them out, and just to try to like, you know.
0: So that's the thing about these Alaska audiences is, is they, it's an older crowd on these uh, alaska parts, and so they were just they were there enjoying the show. It wasn't like a rah rah, uh, you know, middle of America thing where everyone's just it's a party place, but they're just, they enjoyed the show. They clapped all good. But then there was like a lineup. I'd never seen anything longer that people who just wanted to, uh, uh, you know, pick up a, a CD just to listen to when they were at home. Cause like these are the demographic of people who still have CD players. <laughs> and so I'm like, cool. I have tons of these. Let's take them, take them all. Maybe you'll get stuck in someone's car. Yeah, exactly.
1: And then they'll listen to you for the next four years and become like a super fan. That is, is that would be a fantasy of mine. Shit, well, man, this was fun, and uh, I don't have anything left here, so I guess we'll wrap it up, but thank you for coming. Thank you, Jason, for coming. I I will say this might be the finale. I I considered Rory a good enough guest to be the finale guest, but I'm still maybe trying to set up one more with my dad coming back next weekend.
0: I'm on the same level as Fred Penner?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He wasn't a finale guest, no. Oh, so I'm I'm one of being Fred. Um, I
0: mean, honestly,
1: like, I never plan that usually they just worked out well that i managed to get like a really cool guest for the finale but i think all my guests are cool so you know
0: during the intro when you're like yeah if you have any, any guests uh, you'd like to suggest did, does anyone just like yeah you should get harrison ford on here <laughs>
1: like- <laughs> <laughs> um i honestly dude i don't even get a lot of fucking messages like the fact that i still do that intro is probably like not even worth it because i've ha- i've had the, r- the odd email here or there but it's really not even the free stickers i've maybe sent out like four I'll take one. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Hey, man. Um, But you know what, I like to leave that line open just in case. But I have had people suggest people, but it's always usually someone that I never heard of. It's like, oh, you should have this YouTuber on or something. I'm like, okay, I'll look into it. My
0: uncle Ned's a really good talker. Yeah, (laughs) you
1: get stuff like that where it's like, oh, this girl I know, but then they don't tell me any reason why she would be an interesting guest. It's just like, you should have my friend on. She's really cool. You know, like I need more than that because I don't really know the angle there. I'm not. What am I going to write questions about? Like, (laughs) you know. But, anyways, yeah, people want to reach out. You could be the fifth email I get.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Anyway,
1: this was fun. Yeah, did we high five already? I don't think did we. Give me one of these. Oh, do a fist bump. Okay. Thanks. All All right, peace out. Thanks for having me.